Hi, this is Dan from Oceanside. With so many options in the iTunes store, why would you listen to this podcast? You're listening to I Doubt It with Dollamore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore, your favorite source for news and ridiculous comment. I am your host, as always, Jesse Dollamore. And sitting across from me, the lady who is bound, bound up by stress from graduate school and thesis preparation, the lovely, talented, and scholarly Brittany Bage. Well, I guess that is a development <laughs> for the show. Be- oh, yeah, right. I guess so. Because I scheduled my thesis proposal, finally. You did. So that is May 20th, Friday. You were making a lot of retching sounds as you sent the email out because now it's it's like that point of no return mm-hmm. where now you're uh, you can't retrieve the email. It's scheduled. It's a go. It's scheduled. My thesis proposal has been sent to my committee members. They are reviewing it. <laughs> they will come to the meeting loaded with corrections, I'm sure. Challenges. Challenges, recommendations. And if I get approval, then I can start my data collection, which is very exciting. Well, that's you're waiting for that next step. So yes. in the meantime, you can get back to your regular hobby of following the crazy rabbit hole of internet comments on on sites. You know, you're not lying. And I was thinking about this recently because... Did you get in an argument with somebody? Well, no, I... Setting them fucking straight? No, I read (laughs) the comments on basically every article that is in my feed. So a Time article, I'll read the comments on it. That's weird to me because I don't do this... I don't even do this on Facebook. I torture myself. (laughs) I am never having... A good time. Lately, it's been a thing for you. Yes, it has. And you'd think, you know, well, just guess. Okay, let's let's play a little game here. Where would you say... <laughs> I love to play me some games. Where would you say the most heated debates happen on Facebook? You can well, say politics. either... Donald Trump links or something. Yeah, like you'd think abortion, maybe like an oh, article getting, about abortion. I'm getting a vibe that you're getting ready to drop a bomb and then I'm wrong. It's not <laughs> Donald Trump and, and po- politics. No, what I have found is that Food Network is no. where people really go at it. <laughs> I'm telling Are you. Are you kidding me? I'm telling you. It's not every Food Network link, but you find some controversial ones. Yeah, what are they what are they arguing about? What do they find to argue about? Okay, well the one I'm specifically referencing was from a couple days ago. It was a spaghetti pie recipe. Wow. Well, that is controversial. Spaghetti <laughs> pie, Brittany Page. It looked like a tasty taste treat. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. But it was making people very unhappy. Very unhappy because it was not authentic, you see. And it was insulting <laughs> to Italians to do this spaghetti pie with like leftover ingredients. You mean like uh, cultural appropriation? 
it was offensive. People were <laughs> offended and disgusted. Wow. Disgusted. So the, it was a heated exchange it was. in the comment It section. was. And so I went back to the Food Network link so this just is now. The Food Network on Facebook. Yes. Okay, okay. So I went back just now and I'm scrolling through and I see a pioneer <laughs> woman recipe. Oh no. That's very controversial. For skillet chicken lasagna. Oh my god, that is that is an abomination. And she's from Oklahoma. Oh, people are very unhappy with this recipe. <laughs> And there are people defending her. OMG, really, folks? Calm down. Whoa. It is what her family calls it. No, it's not traditional lasagna. So what? I guess manners, M-A-N-O-R-S, were never really taught. Well, she's talking about like a palatial estate, like a house, a manor, (laughs) where a rich person lives. If you don't have something nice to say, don't say it at all. Whoa. Well, I mean, I would agree with her. This I mean, is heated. I would agree with a lot of OMGs and woes. Are the woes and OMGs all in caps? Yes. <laughs> it's heated. This is a heated discussion. I Listen, there is a segment, and I don't know, I'm not an expert on this at all, but there is a segment of, of people who believe it's like that college that we talked about, that they were serving like banh mi's, Vietnamese sandwiches, a traditional banh mi. Mm-hmm. But they were using like uh, some other kind of pickled vegetable. And they weren't put on, they were putting them on French rolls, if you remember, like French bread. They weren't putting them on a baguette. Yeah. Which is a traditional Vietnamese, uh, the way to make it. And people were saying how offensive it was to them and their culture to make it different. So if you don't make it the, the specific way that your grandma, who lived in northern Italy or Sicily, or in Rome, if they don't make lasagna that particular way, it's offensive to your culture and it's not allowed to make lasagna. Because I make a mean lasagna, but I'm sure it's completely trash, not Italian at all. Why are people such assholes? Well, you know what? Hopefully your lasagna is not a skillet lasagna because that seems to be the problem here. Oh, it's the, it's the preparation method. Skillet lasagna, taking it too far. But with the spaghetti (laughs) pie, it was also because it was in a pie and it was also using like leftover ingredients, which is a big no-no. Is it? Apparently. Apparently. Hey, listen. I will eat whatever, so. Listen, I I have a special way to make leftovers. If I have tortillas in the house, almost any type of leftover... Can be stuffed into a tortilla and reheated. Yeah. And you have a, a fancy little, it's like a... A, a fancy... Mm, a very convenient delivery system yeah, for convenient. leftover food. Yeah. Well, not fancy, but it's, you know, it's, yeah. Convenient is a much better word than fancy when referring to how you put literally any type of leftover food into a tortilla yeah. and eat it. You got a leftover hamburger? <laughs> Chop that shit up, put in a tortilla, boom. <laughs> awesome. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a little much. Oh, I am a little much. All right. Let's get on with the program. Episode 213, if I haven't mentioned. We are screaming toward our 300th episode. Should we start planning on what we're going to do for the 300th episode? Uh, That's pretty far away. When we're 85 episodes away? No. (laughs) I vote no on that. All right. Well, we talked, I believe, last episode. About spanking. Marius from Norway put a link on the Facebook page. 
and we discussed it a little bit. Well, we had a listener send us a voice memo from their smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com, and she wanted to talk about the very issue. I was just listening to your most recent episode about spanking and um, was reminded about when my husband and I first had our boys, we were talking about whether or not spanking would be a punishment we would do. And we started talking about, well, if we did do it, we'd want to make sure we were calm as parents and that it wasn't going to be a punishment for hitting because that just logically doesn't make sense. And it always needed to be an open hand, not um, using an instrument of any sort or um, a fist. And then that the placement needed to be just on the bottom, not anywhere else on the child's body. And it just got to the point where it felt like if we need that many rules around it, maybe it isn't a good thing to do. It just doesn't make sense. Um, so I am glad that we came to that conclusion and it took time and talking and processing and recognizing that we did do it. Um, or it was done to us rather as children, but that we wanted to be even better parents. And I always say that that's my goal as a parent is my kids will end up in therapy for something different than what I was in therapy for. Um, Cause we're wanting each generation to be better and not pass on the same issues. So thanks again for moving the conversation forward. And Brittany, you are the best part. Of course. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. What a beautiful voicemail. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But can I talk about what my prejudice was when it first started? Yeah. I thought that it was going to go down a completely different way. I thought she was going to regale us with the, her and her husband had sat down and really talked about it and really noodled it and came up with the perfect rules surrounding spanking their kids. <laughs> That's what I thought. And then wow. she's like, because I ha- and I had that thought in my head that she said, which was, well, fuck, if you if you got to make all these rules about it, right. maybe it's not the right way to do it. Yeah. And that's the same conclusion they came to, which is awesome. Because clearly, like we said last time, you know, the, the, the vast majority of parents love and care for their children. They don't want to harm them. They don't want to fuck them up. And noodling it this way, really giving it earnest thought and debate should lead rational people to this particular conclusion. Yeah, well, you would think so. But I'm also kind of thinking of, you can't hit people in public, strangers that piss you off. Right. You have to be able to take a beat, go somewhere else, if you're someone who's prone to wanting to hit people (laughs) when they make you angry. You need to (laughs) figure out a way to not allow that to happen. But with kids, for some reason, it's like, yeah, we can hit them. Yeah, it doesn't, no, it, like you can't hit anyone else. Why should right. you hit them? You can't even hit your dog. No, you can't hit an animal without having the authorities called in because you are mistreating or abusing cruelty to animals. That's actually a great point because it's universally accepted that you shouldn't be hitting an animal. And you go and read these links about animal abuse and people are losing their minds. But then you see these spanking links and people are having debates over whether or not they can hit their kids. Yeah, it seriously. It, <laughs> Come on now. It's lo- it's logical and reasonable and all the data points to there is no positive effect 
that can be registered from spanking, from striking a child. So just don't do it. <laughs> Done deal. That was me, like, cleaning off my hands after a hard day's work. Yeah, I heard it. I heard it. Hopefully it came through. Yeah, I doubt it did. So we love that voicemail. Thank you for calling in. Do we know who that was? We do, but she didn't say, so I'm not going to say. Okay. If you would like your identity to be known... She, she, that's a superhero caller. They, they, they don't want their, their secret identity known. <laughs> right, okay. But yeah, I absolutely know who that is. They're a long time. They are one of our Christian listeners. Oh. We'll just say that. I like that. Yeah. If you too would like to sound off about this topic or any other that we talk about today or from previous episodes, you can do so 657-464-7609 or you can do like this lovely caller did and email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We appreciate all of the communication because it really truly does. It's engaging and it moves the conversation forward. We appreciate it. All right, a little bit of follow-up. This bit of follow-up is we might have to turn this into its own segment. Mm-hmm. We talked a few, maybe a couple months ago about a little girl in Pennsylvania named Hildy who does her own news channel, her own, I think she even prints her own newspaper, the Orange Street News or something. It's online to orangestreetnews.com. Okay, well, she also has a YouTube channel, and this little girl, if you remember, really is chasing down actual stories. It's not, you know, who stole the pencil in the class, and then, oh, we're going to do an expose, and she's really doing hard-hitting journalism, as like a nine or a 10 year old. Well, this is a recent story from her YouTube channel. (laughs) This is what leads me to believe we may have to develop a a regular segment to follow the exploits, the journalistic exploits of Hildy. So just to give some background before we play the clip, she is going to be talking about the, the story for a little bit and then the audio is going to sound like she's chasing someone and that's because she is chasing someone <laughs> she is literally chasing the as you'll go on to hear the drug dealers that she's talking about she's also accompanied by a friend who is kind of a worry wart someone who is concerned about danger yeah, involved someone, in the in the activity that they're doing. Someone who is cramping Hildy's style here. <laughs> and also just just to refresh your memory, she lives in Pennsylvania. Hi. Hildy Kate Leeshack reporting from the the Moose Playground where shocking Orange Street News investigations revealed that that here middle schoolers have been coming to do drugs. This tube was found near the fence of the park. We always then showed the tube to an officer from the Steelens Grove Police Department who said it definitely was used for drugs. Drugs are common at the park. An 11-year-old witness even said that a middle schooler asked the 11-year-old to do drugs with her. Yes, if, if I, I could put this on my website. I know where they live, so... Get this story. 
they just pulled out. I at least need a picture. Well, hurry up! I finally caught up with the suspected user and asked if he tried to give the 11-year-old drug. But he just answered with, F off. <laughs> I'm Hildy Kate Shack. Thanks for watching. Uh, it's awesome that she she says the suspected drug dealer or doer. Yes. Because she's clearly, I don't know if she's just getting coached by her parents. Uh-huh. But she's, it's alleged until they're convicted. Right. Yeah, it's good journalism. Yeah. So her friend was saying, hey, they have guns. <laughs> Let's run away. And she said, no, I have to get the story. You have to at least get the picture. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Hildy is awesome. Pretty, uh... Pretty remarkable. It's also it's a testament to the times in which we live, the democratization of information. And I mean, look, what we do here is just a grander version of what she's doing. Maybe not even grander. She's got a a YouTube channel. That, that this particular video, I think, had 10,000 views. Mm-hmm. She's reaching a pretty wide audience. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Yes. All right. Speaking of awesome... And things that are not, Kirk Cameron right now is on a tour of churches, and he is explaining to them the the methods by which you can attain a godly marriage. He talks about that there's a recipe for a good marriage in the Bible, and all you have to do is follow it. Well, he says, quote, a lot of people don't know this, but marriage comes with rules. <laughs> And those rules are found in the Bible. Mm, of course they are. What what might some of these rules be, Brittany Page, according to the, the knowing, scholarly, educated Kirk Cameron? Well, he says, quote, wives are to honor and respect and follow their husband's lead. Mm, sounds good to me. Not to tell their husband how he ought to be a better husband. <laughs> That's not your fucking job, woman. When each person gets their part right, Regardless of how their spouse is treating them, there is hope for real change wait, in wait, the marriage. Repeat that line again. That seems contradictory to me. When each person gets their part right, regardless of how their spouse is treating them, there is hope for real change in the marriage. Well, if each... It's because this is only a message for the women. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if each party is getting their part right then it is a good marriage because you're doing the good, the good thing. Right, but what he really means to say is when the women get their part right, regardless of how their husband is treating them, there is hope for a real change in the uh, marriage. This is disgusting. This is harming, damaging. Well, it's kind of alarming because, you know, what happens when a, let's say, a domestic violence victim hears this? Right. And they hear... You know, women are to honor and respect and follow their husband's lead, not tell their husband how they ought to be better. When you start getting your part right, regardless of how your spouse is treating you, then there is real hope for change in this marriage. That's what he's saying. Right. And that is alarming. This is what happens when you follow the words that were written by men who were barely out of the caves. These were, you know, ancient people. They didn't understand science. They were afraid of a woman and her period. 
Well, in this ChristianPost.com write-up of the interview, they reference Colossians 3.18 to 19. And it says, Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands, as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Mm, Don't be harsh. So they're referencing that as maybe the basis for what he's saying. Well, there's, there's all kinds of stuff where I permit no woman to have authority over a man... Women are supposed to be in church in silence. If you have a question, you go ask your husband later. He'll explain it to you. But keep your heads covered and your mouth closed. That's that's pretty standard fare for the Bible. Well, and of course, last year, Kirk Cameron's sister, Candace Cameron Bure, who is on The View. Is it Bure? I thought it was Burr. Now, you're probably right. I, I don't She's I don't the... The Full House and the Dancing with the Stars lady, yeah, right? Yeah, she was DJ on Full House. DJ, right, right. Uh, she wrote a book last year talking about how she assumes a submissive role in her marriage. Ugh. And so this Why is... Why does one party need to submit to the other at all? Why can't it be an equal partnership, an equal, loving, devoted partnership between two consenting adults who love, respect, and cherish one another. Why does one party need to be the subordinate? Well, Candace said in an interview, quote, my husband is not a dictator. We work together, but I don't want to dig my heels in, and I have no aspirations to be the ruler of my family. There shouldn't be a ruler. God damn, that is just bizarre thinking. Well, I mean, whatever works for her... But what I don't appreciate is the message that this could potentially send to someone who's in a bad situation and the guilt that it could create for them if they're in an abusive relationship. Right. And directing that criticism internally. Yeah. When that is not right. Well, if it's going to hasten someone to 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 delay even talking about possible abuse, that's a problem. If you're going to be... a, a if you're going to fear that you're going to be looked down upon by your church's congregation as not being an obedient, submissive wife, when maybe there's real danger, there's real problems going on, that is a problem. This is unconscionable behavior by both of these idiots, Kirk Cameron and his daffy sister, who have no training, who have no specialized education, They've just got, you know, 5,000-year-old words. Two to 5,000-year-old words. Well, and a platform. Right. Oh, and celebrity, of right, course. Right. Yeah. I'm sure he's making these uh, the rounds to these churches for free. I... You know, because he's real humanitarian. I have no idea. Ugh. All right. What do you think about this? Again, 657-464-7609. I doubt it at dollamore.com. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode as much or as little as you'd like, comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I Doubt It with Dollamore. So one huge 
benefit that our Patreon supporters bestow upon the entire audience is things like our bonus episode that we just did, the Trump rally bonus episode. Which was a good Good time. It was a great time. We we went to the rally for two to three hours. We walked around, did interviews. We won't, you know, hash out the entire thing. But if you haven't checked out the bonus episode, go check it out and just say a little prayer for the Patreon supporters and thank them. Say a little prayer, huh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We appreciate you guys. We love you very much. And uh, there will be more of that to come. We are keeping our eyes and our ears open for different events. And I'm going to, this time, not fuck up the audio like I did last. Dollamocracy 2016. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So a reporter was sent by NBC12, which is obviously an NBC affiliate, but in Richmond, Virginia. For those of you who are geographically challenged, Richmond, Virginia was the capital of the Confederacy. Well, this NBC affiliate sent their black reporter to go interview a group of men sitting around a picnic table in their Ku Klux Klan regalia. Here is that interview. You're, you're paying attention to the presidential elections this time. Oh, yes. And your own personal opinion, who's best for the job? I think Donald Trump would be best for the job. For president? Yeah, because the man's spending his own money. He's accomplished everything in life that he ever wanted to do. Is that an endorsement from you? No. I'm not going to endorse him because I've seen what happened when David Duke endorsed him. Um, I'm not going to endorse him. Um, but his beliefs, the reason a lot of Klan members like Donald Trump is because a lot of what he believes we believe in. We, we want our country to be safe. We want to be able to walk down our streets and not have to worry about someone shooting us. Um, a lot of what he says, we believe. We believe in it. The wind blew the thing. That's a great backdrop. So you were saying there's a reason that many of the Klan members like what Donald Trump's saying. Talk about that. Yes, there's a reason. There's a lot of things that Donald Trump's talking about that's needed to be done in this country for a long time. Things uh, like closing off the borders? Things like closing off the borders. We got to get a hold of what's going on in this country. There's too many people being killed. There's too many um, uh, uh, school shootings, uh, bombings. That stuff's got to stop, and we got to get a hold to it. Mm -hmm. we, there's got to be a way to get a hold on it, and for a temporary time. And this is what Donald Trump's talking about: a temporary time stopping immigrants from coming to this country. Barack Obama wants to bring all those refugees here now. How do we know ISIS is not mixed in with them refugees? Well, and you know, a lot of people say that, you know, the reason why we're seeing some of the groups increase, especially with KKK and that type of thing, is because we have a black president. Is that the driving force? That was a big driving force in this organization membership boost. Um, oh, Barack he, Obama. He has, Obama. He has been a very good recruiting tool for this organization. President Obama. Yes. And it's not because he's black. 
it's because of we believe he's not an American citizen, and there's a lot of other people out there in America outside of the Klan that believe he's not an American citizen. But I think Donald Trump had the whole thing with the, he he provided his birth certificate. The president did, and and showed some of these things. It, it was a fake birth certificate. They proved that <laughs> it was not real. Um. And so that's your take. This person, you don't believe he's that not he's an American citizen. We do not believe he was born in America. You have to be born in America to be the president of the United States. What about this whole discussion around Ted Cruz? Is that a problem too? I think if he was born in Canada, he's not an American citizen. Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz. And so, therefore, you could not support. I him. wouldn't vote for Ted Cruz, so I couldn't support him. Mm -hmm. I'd support if, if Donald Trump dropped out tomorrow. I'd support Kasich before I would Ted Cruz. Why is that? Because he's not an American citizen. Wow. <laughs> And listen, this is a one-off. Clearly, you can't base, you can't make a judgment about the entirety of Donald Trump's support base based on this one arguably not very intelligent voter. But we do know. I love the poorly educated. And I think that guy really fits the bill. Well, this, inter this interview was fascinating to watch because it was a black news reporter. Mm-hmm. And the KKK member, who's an imperial wizard, was dressed up. <laughs> I just love that. That's a real. That's a rank. That's a real thing. Dressed imperial up, imperial wizard. Yeah, and he was in the garb, you know, with the little hat on and the little robe. But he had the flap up, so he his face was showing. Right. And then there were two other KKK members standing behind him. And what I loved about this interview was there was a an American flag hanging behind them as a backdrop. And while they were talking, it like fell down. Right. And yeah. I just thought that was awesome. And, and and they took the time to put it back up. Go ahead and put that back up. Did you hear them talking about that during the clip? Yeah, yeah that's, a great bra that's a great backdrop. Yeah. Right. And I don't know. I just thought that was fascinating. Well, I, I found it interesting that the guy, he's, he's spending his own money. He's accomplished everything he ever wanted to. Apparently, that qualifies you for president. Mm -hmm. One, he's not spending his own money. He's lending himself his own money so he can be given paid back the money if he gets the nomination by the RNC. The other thing is a lot of what he believes we believe. That in and of itself should be problematic for reasonable people who are supporting Donald Trump because you are allying yourself with people like this who have hatred of blacks, of Mexicans, of Jews, of homosexuals. Well, when they say everything he believes in is what we believe in. Right. That's a little bit alarming. <laughs> well, the other thing is they use the same type of logic of critical thinking or lack thereof as Donald Trump. Oh, well, a lot of other people believe he's not born in America. A lot of other people. That's evidence for me that other people believe it. Right, and like we have always said, which other people? It is important to right. know the the caliber. <laughs> right. I don't need to know the number. The quality, not the quantity yeah, of people. Yeah, who are these people that you're talking about? <laughs> God damn. Are they also dressed in white robes? 
listen, this is going to be the Republican Party better get on the stick and get something figured out because this is going to be a disaster for the Republican Party because Donald Trump is a sitting duck. All of this is just more and more and more ammo in the arsenal of the what I would assume will be the Hillary Clinton campaign. She already has put out a commercial against Trump, and it's all just Trump. All just Trump talking about Trump stuff in a real Trump way. <laughs> Everything I said I'm going to do, folks, I do, okay? I will get rid of gun-free zones on schools. My first day, it gets signed, okay? Planned Parenthood should absolutely be defunded. Get rid of Obamacare. I will build a great great wall you're going to have a deportation force a total and complete shutdown of muslims entering the united states when you get these terrorists you have to take out their families you say you would even go further than waterboarding is that right absolutely and while this end music is playing it's saying this is the trump candidacy that's right this is it this is it and this is this was tame relative to what they could have done. Yes, There's for sure. There's so much. I mean, listen, I've got an entire soundboard that I'm not going to bore you with because every time we start talking about this, I play random clips about how he wants to fuck his daughter. Right. Well, didn't you do the thing where you just closed your eyes yeah. last time? And... Oh, I, did I do that on the bonus episode? Oh, I think I, so, yeah. I don't remember. Closed my eyes and just playing clips. Something to look forward to on the bonus episode. <laughs> Well, the Hillary Clinton campaign won't be the only one taking shots at Donald Trump. The Daily Show, Comedy Central's The Daily Show, has already done it, again, using the words of Trump. This is a song that was written by a comedian, and the lyrics of this song are all just direct quotes from Trump. Unmolested unaltered quotes from Trump. That is the lyrics that you're getting ready to hear. Ted Cruz, you've been killing our country. Line Ted Cruz, you's a bitch of a lot. Yeah, careful, line Ted, I'll spit a bruise on your woman. I be watching Martin Family, written by Mobile. I never liked that niggas persona. I had black guys count my money. The one who could beat Hillary. I'm not a Mitt Romney. Remember, I'm the only candidate who's so funny. Told ya. Make America great again. Fingers long and beautiful. Look at these hands. I win, I win, I always win. Some people say I'm very, very, very intelligent. Mexico is not a friend. Build the wall, I love the Mexicans. Nobody has more respect for with men, how come sadly? No longer attend. True. Check me out, Democrats, they love me. Check me out, these Muslims love me. Stop hating these women, love me. These gays love me. Everybody love me. Told you. Check me out, making <laughs> Kelly, she love me. Check me out, illegals, they love me. What it do, these veterans love me. Protesters love me. Everybody love me. 360, what's good? Man, if Megan Kelly start talking about me on her show, her ratings would drop like a rock. <laughs> But I, 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 I gotta go, man. The beat about to drop. I have a great relationship with the black. The blacks. Politicians all talking the wax. I was down at 7-Eleven. I spent almost nothing on my run for president. All the women flirted with me on the apprentice. If a vodka with my daughter, then perhaps I'll be dating her. We have to have a wall done. Who's doing the raping? We have to have a wall done. Who's doing the raping? 
Check me out, Democrats, they love me. Check me out, these Muslims love me. Oh, yeah. Stop hating these women love they me. Love these gays love me. Everybody love me. Told Check you. me out, Mickey Kelly, she love, love me. Check me out, illegals, they love me. Love what it do, these veterans love me. Protesters love me. Everybody love me. Told you. I'm so good looking. I'm really rich. Part of the beauty of me is that I'm very rich. Don't respect women. They know it's the opposite. Ariana Huffington is unattractive. Happy Easter to all. I never seen a thin person drinking Diet Coke. <laughs> that is just a taste of what's to come. And take note, there's no songs about John Kasich. There's not really probably songs about Ted Cruz as much of a of a of wacky ass he is. There probably could be. Yeah, of course there could be, but they're not going to be because Donald Trump is ripe for parody. He is ripe to be made fun of. Well, you know what's interesting about Donald Trump is that, you know, everyone underestimated him and thought he was a joke. Right. And even though he is about well, to be the GOP nominee, he is still viewed as a joke. Right. That's it. Yeah, that's exactly it. There has been no improvement in that regard. The only thing is that every time he wins a state, we're surprised by that. And we continue to be surprised by that. But he's still not being taken seriously. Well, the, the Republican Party no longer should be taken seriously. When you've got a guy who's relatively rational, who is a compassionate man, by most accounts, John Kasich who is considered a fringe candidate by the majority of the Republican Party. Here's an exchange. I just want to put this in perspective. Here's an exchange of, of with John Kasich and a gay guy at a kind of a town hall meeting in San Francisco. And listen, John Kasich is wrong on a lot of stuff. And what he says here is incorrect. And I believe, you know, uh, wrong-headed in a lot of ways but he's reasonable enough and we'll talk about it afterward and this is why the republican party is dying right before our eyes this is the commonwealth club of california town hall program with governor john Kasich of ohio uh our next questioner is kelly bryan hello governor um, uh, my name is Kelly Bryan. I'm a proud resident of San Francisco. Um, do you believe that some people are born gay? I'm a 62-year-old gay man who came out to both of my parents at 19. And I've been gay for 45, over 40 years. Gay people are human beings and not a lifestyle choice. Please respond without prayer being an answer. I think, well, no, I, I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I think I'll tell you what, I, what religion means to me. Religion's about the do's and not the don'ts. Religion for me is about, you know, loving somebody who doesn't like you, humility, love your neighbor as yourself, treat your spouse better, um, you know, live a life bigger than yourself. And all the, all the don'ts come like down the road. And that comes to everybody as they spend more time thinking about their eternal destiny, and they can figure that out. And in terms of me, um, I don't believe in discrimination. 
I think there is a balance, however, between discrimination and people's religious liberties. But I think we should just try to like take, take a chill pill, relax, and try to get along with one another a little bit better instead of trying to write some law to solve a problem that doesn't, right, frankly, exist in big enough numbers to justify more lawmaking. So, you know, I mean... Republicans I'm don't believe in marriage equality. It's your platform. Well, is it? Yes. I, I haven't read that thing lately. Um, well, you should know what you're doing. Okay. Well, no, they don't tell me what to do by the platform. The Republican Party is my vehicle and not my master. Okay, I have a right to define the Republican Party, too. Okay? Now, I believe in traditional marriage. I just went to a gay wedding. A buddy of mine just, just got, you know, went, got married. My wife and I went to the wedding. It was great. It was fine. Um, but do you feel, do you but know I'm not going to go for some constitutional are born gay. I'm not going to get into all the analysis of this or that. I'm, I'm not going to do that. It's not analysis. Are people born gay? Our next question. Uh, you know, sir, probably. I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't know how it all works, okay? I mean, look, are they? In all probability, they are, Okay. Well, you have free regular rights. We're not denying you any rights. I'm not in Ohio. I'm not out to discriminate against you. I think you ought to have as good a life as anybody else. I can't, can't, can I be more clear than that? I'm, but I'm not in Kentucky. I'm not in favor Our of discrimination. No, 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 let me finish. Let me finish. So it, we're going to continue in a second, but I just kind of want to break and talk about what has happened. And I really like this exchange, and I wish this kind of thing would happen more often. Right. Well, that's why we're playing this in its entirety, that, you know, this is a great exchange between a voter and a politician. And it's not quip, quippy little sound bites. It's a, it's a real, it's a, it's a real substantive discussion. Right. And who is as genuine as John Kasich in this race? I, I mean, don't think Bernie? Anybody, maybe Bernie. Right, but that's it? I mean, you're not going to hear Ted Cruz talking to someone like this. Yeah. You're not going to hear Donald Trump talking to He doesn't even stand up for people at the town halls. He remains seated, you know? <laughs> Hillary Clinton, she's not someone who can just off the cuff connect to someone on this level and no be having way. a conversation like this. She's no so way. calculated in everything that she does. That's right. So it's really refreshing to hear a conversation between a voter and... A government official who is going to be representing us. Or hopes to be. Hope Hopes to yeah, be representing and, us. And on a contentious point. Right. Like, I, I forgive this guy's kind of what I would consider a shitty attitude. Well, you should know what you're doing. I understand. Listen, if I was oppressed all my life and considered a second-class citizen or a pervert by a major ruling political party, I'd be fucking mad, too. Right. I would be very pissed off. And I think that he's being pr pretty composed. We'll, we'll continue. Oh, and the, oh, here's the other thing. <laughs> the woman who's trying to do John Kasich a favor right. and move this thing along, our next question, and he's like, no, 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 no. Let's finish this. I want to have a talk here. Yes. I want to both give my opinion, but also, you know, we're this is real. Right. And it, it would be easy for him to just say, yeah, let's move on. Absolutely, it would be. But he's going to continue to struggle with this. She's giving him the opportunity, the way out, the easy way out, the path of least resistance, and he doesn't take it. That is leadership. I'm not in favor of that. I'm not in favor of discrimination against anybody. But they're using religion. 
Well, but they are not me. Okay? They are not me. I'm telling you my view. Okay? I, would, I want to tell you this. I don't agree with gay marriage, but I'm, I went to a gay wedding. Okay? I mean, that's what I've done. And I'm not for saying because you happen to be gay that somehow somebody should hold something against you. Now, here's the, here's the question. So somebody has deep religious beliefs. So you go to, and I've talked about this repeatedly, you go to somebody who's a photographer, you want him to come and be the photographer for the gay wedding. The guy who's a photographer, the woman says, yeah, I'd really rather not do that, kind of against my principles. So my feeling is, well, find another photographer. Uh, let me give you another one. So if I'm uh, making cakes and somebody comes in and says, I mean, first of all, I don't think they come in and announce what their, what their, uh, what their feeling is, but say they come in and say, you know, I'm gay, I'd like to have a cake. Sell them a cake. You know, that's kind of, I mean, we got to get, we cannot be pushing each other's buttons. And we need to just, we, we don't want to discriminate anybody, but we also don't want to run over anybody's religious, you know, deeply held religious beliefs either. So I think there's a balance, sir. And here's what I would tell you. If I saw that this was becoming this huge problem, huge problem, then we might have to write a law. But every time somebody writes a law around this subject, guess what happens? Guess what happens? Um, you, you have to rewrite the law because they never get it right. So let's just like respect one another a little bit more, tolerate each other's individual beliefs. And um, I'm not going to sign any laws uh, in Ohio uh, that is going to create a discrimination against anybody. And do I think that people are, are you know, born gay? Probably. I've never studied the issue. But I don't see any reason to hurt you or discriminate you or make you feel bad or make you feel like a second-class citizen. I don't think that's right. Because you know what? Everybody's created in the image of the Lord. And I don't... So, one other thing. Sometimes people, people say that they're religious, okay? Just because I say that I'm a Ford Falcon doesn't make me one. <laughs> Don't you understand what that means? Just because I say I'm faithful doesn't mean that I am. Just because I make a statement. And don't put everybody who you think you know, has religion and believes in God, don't put everybody in the same barrel. Because I'm telling you how I feel about things. And um, I woke up today and talked to my minister today and tried to say some prayers today. You know what I'm praying for? Lord, let me be a better guy, because I'm a screwball. And secondly, I'll try to do what you want me to do with my life. That's it. That's what my prayer today. So, God bless you. Okay? Thank you. All right. So, again, he's wrong. He doesn't believe in gay marriage. Well, that's, I think, a, a poor opinion. And he's wrong on that. But he's not letting it get in the way of someone else's freedom. It's like if someone was to say, yeah, listen, I don't agree with polygamy, but I'm not going to get in the way of consenting adults who want to join in that kind of union. Mm -hmm. It's the exact same thing. There's lots of people who don't agree with polygamy. I, I, I think it's weird. <laughs> it's not for me. But why would I want to get in the way of it with someone else? If that's truly the way they want to live their life and they want to commit their life to multiple people, 
do your fucking thing. Be happy. As long as you're not hurting someone else, it's none of my goddamn business. Well, this is how the government is supposed to be run. I mean, these candidates are not supposed to be basing legislation on their Christian beliefs. Or Muslim or any other bullshit fairy tale. Any other religious belief. Yes. Because you should be able to have your belief and everyone else should be able to live without having the undue burden of your religious belief. That's exactly right. Your deeply held religious belief should just be that. It's your deeply held, personal, private religious belief. It shouldn't be foisted upon the general electorate, the citizenry of the United States. That's not what it's about. Because not everyone is a Christian. No. Not, not, everyone, not everyone's even his flavor of Christian. Right. There are people who are Christians who <laughs> are totally in favor of gay marriage. Right. So. We also have Christians, fundamentalist Mormons, who do believe in polygamy. I, I don't mean to keep going back to the polygamy thing, but there are many, 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 many flavors of religion even within one particular branch of faith. That's why we separate church and state. Because which one is going to be the one that is represented by the government? None. Our founders were clear about that. Our founders were smart about that. All right, moving on. Last night was the White House Correspondents' Dinner President Obama's final White House Correspondents' Dinner, which is an evening of jokes and dinner and kind of, they call it nerd prom. If you want to find pictures of it on Twitter or Facebook, just search the hashtag nerd prom or WHCD. And it is an interesting time because Obama gets up and he does about a half hour of stand-up and then they have a host. In this case, it was Larry Wilmore from Comedy Central's The Nightly Show. And it's always a tough act for a comedian because, one, Obama is a funny guy. He delivers comedy very well. Obviously, he's not writing his his own jokes, so he's not funny from that perspective. But he understands a crowd. He understands how to communicate it, and he gets a, a a good result. Yeah, he was awesome, and Larry Wilmore followed him, which was a bummer for Larry Wilmore. Right. Because... Obama was much funnier. Yeah, well, and also, I don't think Larry Wilmore did that great a job. It was okay. It was was okay. But I I don't think it was offensive. A lot of people are talking about how the media was all quiet in the room because they were so offended by him. I didn't think what he said was offensive. I just didn't find it all that funny. So what follows here are just a few clips from the evening with Obama uh, that we wanted to share. I do apologize. I know I was a little late tonight. I was running on CPT. (laughs) Which stands for jokes that white people should not make. (laughs) It's a tip for you, Jeff. Anyway, here we are, my eighth and final appearance at this unique event. And I am excited. 
if this material works well, I'm gonna use it at Goldman Sachs next year. <laughs> Earn me some serious Tubmans. That's right. That's right. So both of those obviously being references to Hillary Clinton and the problems she's faced relative to the recent appearance with the mayor of, of New York, Mayor de Blasio, where they had the scripted routine and she said, that they were late because they were on CPT, which is colored people time, but they meant it as cautious politician time. So he's taking a, a swipe at, at Hillary Clinton in a very funny, playful, uh, innocent way. He's not meaning to be a dick to Hillary Clinton. Well, and it's it's an important swipe, For I sure. Think. Yeah, yeah. And then also the Goldman Sachs thing. He'd be able to take some of this material next year when he's not president and deliver a speech to Goldman Sachs and make a bunch of money. Right. I think it's funny. And it needs to be said. This These kind of things are, you know, they're poignant. They're topical. And it shows that he does have a sense of humor and he's not afraid to, sh to, to face some of it. He doesn't shy away from this stuff. The evening continued. Eight years ago, I was a young man full of idealism and vigor. And look at me now. I am gray, grizzled, just counting down the days till my death panel. <laughs> Hillary once questioned whether I'd be ready for a 3 a.m. phone call. Now I'm awake anyway because I got to go to the bathroom. I'm up. In fact, somebody recently said to me, Mr. President, you are so yesterday. Justin Trudeau has completely replaced you. He's so handsome. He's so charming. He's the future. And I said, Justin, just give it a rest. <laughs> I resented that. Very funny. Very funny because Justin Trudeau right now is so much in the news with the way he's calculating questions being given to him to try to really appear like the guy that Obama just described. Right. Yeah. Well, I liked the death panel remark, which, of course, is a reference to the Affordable Care Act. Yes. And this was years ago. Yeah, right. Well, it was before it was even passed, I believe. Right. And there were rumors going around that for elderly individuals, there were going to be death panels, basically, where this committee decided if your life was worth uh, maintaining. Right, in, in, in an effort to ration health care for, yeah. for cost effectiveness. Which seems like a legitimate thing that would happen. <laughs> right. All right. But it's not just Congress. Even some foreign leaders, they've been looking ahead, anticipating my departure. Last week, Prince George showed up to our meeting in his bathrobe. That was a slap in the face. How cute was that little bastard, huh? A clear breach of protocol. 
Although while in England, I did have lunch with Her Majesty the Queen, took in a performance of Shakespeare, hit the links with David Cameron, just in case anybody is still debating whether I'm black enough. <laughs> I think that settles the debate. <laughs> I won't lie. Look, this is a tough transition. It's hard. Key staff are now starting to leave the White House. Even reporters have left me. Savannah Guthrie, she's left the White House press corps to host the Today Show. Nora O'Donnell left the briefing room to host CBS This Morning. Jake Tapper left journalism to join CNN. <laughs> Very funny. Very funny. And the other thing was when they would cut to the crowd during these reaction shots to get reaction shots, um, a lot of the CNN people, Jake Tapper especially, which is a bummer for me because I really like and respect Jake Tapper, didn't seem to be enjoying the attention. Well, he smiled, but Wolf Blitzer, who had a lot of S coming his way, <laughs> he reacted very much like Donald Trump did when Seth Meyers was Stoic. bashing him. Yeah. He had no expression whatsoever and definitely didn't seem like he was enjoying taking the heat. Yeah. Next up would be uh, President Obama taking uh, aim at both Bernie and Hillary. For example, we've got the bright new face of the Democratic Party here tonight, Mr. Bernie Sanders. Bernie, you look like a million bucks. Or to put it in terms you'll understand, you look like 37,000 donations of $27 each. A lot of folks have been surprised by the Bernie phenomena, especially as appeal to young people, but not me. I get it. Just recently, a young person came up to me and said she was sick of politicians standing in the way of her dreams, as if we were actually going to let Malia go to Burning Man this year. <laughs> was not going to happen. Bernie might have let her go. Not us. I am hurt, though, Bernie, that you've been distancing yourself a little from me. I mean, that's just not something that you do to your comrade. <laughs> Bernie's slogan has helped his campaign catch fire among young people. Feel the burn. Feel the burn. It's a good slogan. Uh, Hillary's slogan has not had the same effect. Let's, let's see this. And go ahead. Yeah, tell them, because this is video. They put up a, they put up a screenshot. 
trudge up the hill and it has her H symbol pushing a rock up a hill. Yeah. Or a large <laughs> boulder, I guess I should say. Right, right. It's all cartoony. Yeah, kind of funny. Look, I've said how much I admire Hillary's toughness, her smarts, her, her policy chops, her experience. You've got to admit it, though. Hillary trying to appeal to young voters is a little bit like your relative who just signed up for Facebook. Yeah. Dear America, did you get my poke? Is it appearing on your wall? I'm not sure I'm using this right. Love and Hillary. <laughs> it's not entirely persuasive. I love that joke because it reminds me of a great aunt that has since deleted me on Facebook. Oh, but yeah. Too, too much profanity. You're too pretty to curse Brittany Page. Apparently. And she would write on the wall of Fannie Mae chocolates and say, Dear Fannie Mae, I love your chocolates. <laughs> right, like there's Fannie Mae's a real person who's actually manning the, the Facebook timeline. Right, so I love how he's describing the way in which Hillary Clinton might use Facebook because it is exactly how older relatives use Facebook. <laughs> For sure. Well, let me conclude tonight on a more serious note. Uh, I want to thank the Washington Press Corps. I want to thank Carol for all that you do. You know, the free press is central to our democracy, and, nah, I'm just kidding. You know I've got to talk about Trump. <laughs> Come on. We weren't just going to stop there. Come on. Although I am a little hurt that he's not here tonight. We had so much fun the last time. <laughs> and it is surprising. You've got a room full of reporters, celebrities, cameras, and he says no. Is this dinner too tacky for the Donald? <laughs> what could he possibly be doing instead? Is he at home eating a Trump steak? Tweeting out insults to Angela Merkel? What's he doing? The Republican establishment is incredulous that he's their most likely nominee. Incredulous. Shocking. They say Donald lacks the foreign policy experience to be president. But in fairness, he has spent years meeting with leaders from around the world. Miss Sweden, Miss Argentina, Miss Azerbaijan. And there's one area where Donald's experience could be invaluable, and that's closing Guantanamo because Trump knows a thing or two about running waterfront properties into the ground. <laughs> All right, that's probably enough. I mean, we, I've got more material. 
No, no, no. I don't want to spend too much time on the Donald. Following your lead, I want to show some restraint. Because I think we can all agree that from the start, he's gotten the appropriate amount of coverage befitting the seriousness of his candidacy. Burn. <laughs> I hope you all are proud of yourselves. The guy wanted to give his hotel business a boost, and now we're praying that Cleveland makes it through July. Well, the evening wasn't all about jokes, though. Um, he did take the time. It was his last White House Correspondents' Dinner. So he he took the last moments of his speech to really get serious and poignant about the, the important role that the free press plays in our society. He didn't really go into detail about the press holding the president accountable but just kind of generally about the important role they definitely do play in our democracy. But I know you have jobs to do, which is what really brings us here tonight. I know that there are times that we've had differences, and that's inherent in our institutional roles. It's true of every president and his press corps. But we've always shared the same goal. To, to root our public discourse in the truth, to open the doors of this democracy, uh, to do whatever we can to make our country and our world more free and more just. And I've always appreciated the role that you have all played as equal partners in reaching these goals. Our free press is why we once again recognize the real journalists who uncover the horrifying scandal and brought some measure of justice for thousands of victims throughout the world. They are here with us tonight. Uh, Sasha Pfeiffer, uh, Mike uh, Resendez, Walter Robinson, Matt Carroll, and Bed Brandley Jr. Please give them a big round of applause. The members of the Spotlight team with the Boston Globe that uncovered the sexual abuse scandal in Boston and the Catholic Church. The press is why, once again, we honor... Jason Rezaian, as Carol noted, last time this year we spoke of Jason's courage as he endured the isolation of an Iranian prison. This year we see that courage in the flesh, and it's a living testament to the very idea of a free press and a reminder of the rising level of danger and political intimidation and physical threats faced by reporters overseas. Uh, and I can make this commitment that as long as I hold this office, my administration will continue to fight for the release of American journalists held against their will, and we will not stop until we, they see the same freedom as Jason had. At home and abroad, journalists, like all of you, engage in the dogged pursuit of informing citizens and holding leaders accountable and making our government of the people possible. And it's an enormous responsibility. 
And I realize it's an enormous challenge at a time when the economics of the business sometimes incentivize speed over depth, and when controversy and conflict are what most immediately attract readers and viewers. Uh, the good news is there's so many of you that are pushing against those trends. And as a citizen of this great democracy, I am grateful for that. For this is also a time around the world when some of the fundamental ideals of liberal democracies are under attack, and when notions of objectivity and of a free press and of facts and of evidence uh, are trying to be undermined, or in some cases ignored entirely. And in such a climate, uh, it's not enough just to give people a, a megaphone. And that's why your power and your responsibility to dig and to question and to counter distortions and untruths is more important than ever. Taking a stand on behalf of what is true does not require you shedding your objectivity. In fact, it is the essence of good journalism. It affirms the idea that the only way we can build consensus, the only way that we can move forward as a country, the only way we can help the world mend itself is by agreeing on a baseline of facts when it comes to the challenges that confront us all. So this night is a testament to all of you who've devoted your lives to that idea, who push to shine a light on the truth every single day. So I want to close my final White House Correspondents' Dinner by just saying thank you. Um, I'm very proud of what you've done. It has been an honor and a privilege to work side by side with you to strengthen our democracy. And with that, I just have two more words to say. Obama out. And then he dropped the mic. Yeah, the actual mic drop from President Obama. So I thought that was very beautiful and very important and unique. Something that you wouldn't hear in other countries. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you wouldn't hear Vladimir Putin talking like this about the media. <laughs> he has them killed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not laughable. People no, are dying. Of course not. Of course, it's not funny, but. <laughs> But, but I'm a dick, so... You do have Donald Trump praising someone like Vladimir Putin. Well, you have Donald Trump who is talking about opening up our libel laws to impinge upon the freedom of speech and the freedom of the press by being able to sue them and have them fearing lawsuits at the hands of a sitting president. That's disgusting. That is scary. That is antithetical to a free press in a modern society. One of the things I love the most about this segment is when he talked about how in the the business, they incentivize speed over depth. And that is so true. Yeah. <laughs> and very disappointing. And that's why you see so many people on Facebook sharing those links where as soon as you click on it, a million pop-ups come on your screen and there's like four advertisements for gums and dental disease. Right. right. And <laughs> you have to scroll down to find the fake news article that cannot be yep. corroborated anywhere else. So it's just, it was so poignant and it was so important what he was talking about. Well, much of the room 
doesn't really have any anything to be embarrassed about. There there are large portions in that room though, cable news specifically, who should be embarrassed about their role, especially this this election cycle. And I could only hope that by some miracle they start taking their job seriously and holding these liars, these politicians, both presidential and congressional holding their feet to the fire with facts, with data, with research. It's important. And also stop cutting to every little thing that Donald Trump does. Oh, yeah. Giving him just free reign to speak for hours on these networks. Say nothing. I mean, anytime he is somewhere speaking, they are cutting to him for hours and letting him just talk and right. talk and talk. They let him call in to the shows without actually making a physical appearance or being Skyped in so you can see what he's wearing. You can see what he's doing. Right. These are important things. Right. Absolutely. It's it's disgusting. There, there is definitely a, has been a downturn in journalistic, maybe not integrity, but um, quality of work has suffered greatly over the, the past few years. Uh, you could really only hope that we as Americans and as citizens of the world would do our part and maybe subscribe to your local paper, subscribe and keep the print media alive and not have it be such sensational 24-7 driven bullshit on cable news. I don't know. I don't know if there's really any answer. With that, though, with that no answer, we're going to leave you. We appreciate you guys. Thank you for joining us twice a week or as often as you do. We appreciate it very, very much. If you'd like to support the show other than listening twice a week, here's what you can do. If you're going to make a purchase on Amazon, go to dollamore.com and on the left-hand side of the page, there's a link there that says support the show. In that link, you'll find a link to Amazon. A lot of linking. A lot of links going on here. And you can click through to Amazon, make your purchase. It's not going to cost you any money more. But if you're going to spend your money anyway, why not help your favorite show filled with news and ridiculous comment? Every little bit goes a long way. You're helping fund our expeditions to some of these uh, political rallies, upgrading our equipment, hosting our files. You are helping directly move the conversation forward, and we appreciate it very much. Until next time, for Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. But he just answered with F off.